Are you the kind of gal who isn't interested in how things used to be in the hair industry, who wants to hear from ladies who are paving their own way while making waves? Well then, She Makes Waves is for you. All right, I am so pumped today to have Audrey Sika on the show. So Audrey opened the Bevy Salon here in Chicago about a year and a half ago. And one of my favorite things about Audrey is her passion for empowering other women and helping them set up their own businesses and become independent stylists within her salon. Another thing about Audrey I love is her laid back vibe, but don't get it twisted. This gal is on top of her stuff. We worked together at our first salon and all these years later, we both are running our own businesses. So um, allow me to introduce Audrey. Hey, how are you? Doing well. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thanks for having me. Yes. So I'm really excited to dive in and talk to you about your journey to opening the bevy from working for other people and um, would love to hear about what made you decide to go into hair. All right. From the very beginning, what made me go into hair? Um, When I was a kid, I loved doing hair. My sisters, you know, I'd lock her in the bathroom and I'd be like, hey, bring a doll. And we would just be like, you know, so she'd have a doll to play with while I'd like braid her hair for hours. So that was when I was little, but then I never really thought about doing hair for a living. And then after college, I was working as a barista, really bored and went to go visit a hair school and it just looked like so much fun. And I was like, oh yeah, that it, it called, it called to me to sound so cheesy, but it just looked, it looked incredibly fun. So yeah. And, uh, about 12 or 13 years ago or so I went to hair school. That's awesome. And I feel like it's kind of cool full circle because your mom's an entrepreneur and I feel like that's kind of been in your blood. So even though I know when we worked together, we both were happy being employees, but we did go out to dinner with your mom one night and dream up a plan of opening a salon together, which did not end up happening. But all these years later, three of the four of us have our own businesses. Isn't so that crazy? It's really right? Because when was that dinner? That dinner was probably like nine years ago. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's and, wild. And your mom just was with the real talk. Right. Just got to have a business plan. You, this is how much you're not going to make money forever. And <laughs> I left there and I was like, oh my gosh, like head spinning. Yeah. Good right? thing there's four of us doing this. Exactly. But we didn't end up ever doing it, but it's cool <laughs> that you find, kind of full circle. And that's what I'm so excited to talk to you more about. Like what made you decide to open the bevy and leave the comfort of a commission salon? Because even though you know, they have their downsides. There is a lot of benefit to continuing to work for someone and they shepherd you and you don't have to have the responsibility or, you know, ordering products, making sure you're staying within a budget. It makes you appreciate, I feel like being your own business owner, what the salon has done for you. So I'd love to hear about what made you decide to go off on your own. Yeah, I agree with you in terms of, it's very nice that you don't have to make a lot of those decisions when you're at a more well-established commission salon. But the other side of that for me is that there's also no choice. 
and there's no freedom to make decisions for yourself. No, I felt I didn't have much more room to grow and change and learn different aspects of our profession. There were so many good things about the salon that I came from, education mainly, and because they were they were very well known. Um, your chair was always full as long as you did good work and you were polite, you know. Yeah. Um, but that's all you did, right? Was cut hair, and I love cutting hair, but I got bored. Right. I wanted a challenge. Um, I really feel like only through struggle and challenge do you grow and. So I really wanted to take that on. And also, and then, like I said, the choice, like that for me, just as a person is a problem not to have choice for myself and freedom. Right. Yeah. That, that was for me too. Like I felt like I was only going to get a busier, bigger life. And I always say like, my sister's going to get married someday. And she did get married and I did work for myself and I was able to take that day off and (laughs) not make it up. So I guess I'm doing something right. But yeah, I mean, I think working for other people has its benefits, but I like what Brendan Burkshard says, which is like, what got you good isn't going to get you to the next level. So it's like, you can be really good behind the chair, but like not know how to schedule yourself and not know what you actually like to do and not even take the time to get to know yourself and say, I actually hate doing updos. Like, why do I do wedding hair or whatever it is? And I feel from talking to a bunch of people that whenever you niche down and you're more authentic and live in more of like your own being, the more success you have because you're saying no to something, which allows you to say yes to things you love to do, which sometimes the comfort of the traditional salon and following your dreams, it, it outweighs the comfort. So I think that's really cool. And I know that for me, owning a business has been in some ways a lot different than I thought it would be. So what are some of the main things that are different about owning the bevy than you maybe dreamed up when it was a hypothetical idea? Because I can speak to one thing, which is you tell all your friends they can work there. So um, that never really works out. But um, maybe you could touch on some things for you. How was opening the bevy different for you than what you expected? Let's see. How is it different? I don't. I wouldn't say I um, had too many expectations as to exactly how it would look, because I was pretty aware that from the beginning, I really had no. I, I felt I should say like I had no idea what I was doing. You know, I was like, I know I need chairs for clients to sit in. I need shampoo bowls. I need a computer to run a schedule, and I need a bathroom. You know, like, and then obviously product, right? So I, I just knew from the beginning the bones of it, the bones, needed, which I felt was really fun. It was so fun, like being like I. Well, the first time, I mean, when I opened a studio, I definitely felt like I had like really shitty stuff, but it at the same time it didn't matter, and that was, was part yours. of the, and that was part of the fun. Like mm-hmm. I think our salon equipment for the comb was like seventeen hundred dollars. Wow. Yeah, we, they weren't the finest chairs. Gotcha. Yeah, so like we had a couple people that they, they you go head first out of those chairs, and so you know you get what oh, you God. pay for in some some parts. So like the second totally. time I did it, I was like, okay, I'm gonna go high on the chairs. I'm gonna go mid range on the shampoo bowls. But that was to me, it was fun. It's so oh, it's so fun. And actually, this is a I don't know if this is appropriate for the podcast, but I was just thinking. So I have a friend who recently was at my house, and he's like your house looks like your salon. 
it's like, he goes, it's wild because your salon is just an extension of you and who you are. And when I got here today to your place and we were sitting, you know, before we started yeah. recording, I was thinking Lindsay's house or Lindsay's salon is an extension of her house. That's so wild. It's and, wild because and, you have the same design aesthetic here that's as you cool. do at your salon, which is the same thing with yeah, my yeah, house, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and it's funny you say that too, because when Reese and I had the comb together and then You'll hear me reference her a lot, but she's a big part of my story. But so when we separated our our styles from the one salon, it's really fun because people go, oh my gosh, the comb was both of you. And now that you both have your own spaces, I see what elements were you and what were, were her. And like a lot of her style, she used to always say is more granny chic. And then my style is more like minimalistic, modern. modern but then boho together, yeah. yeah. But then together they were like its own thing. And then now you kind of get to go into one and then the other. Right. And I had a client that told me that a lot of times like you can tell a lot by a person by their home. And she said, like, if you go into someone's house and like it kind of is a clusterfuck. And then you kind of go and say, that's kind of their life. That's their life. Oh, for so sure. So I might have, like, I feel like I'm, like, always getting rid of things. And if you ask my assistant, she's like, where did you put that? I'm, I'm like, like, we I didn't need it, it anymore. Yep. So I got rid of it. And she's like, well, I need my umbrella. I'm like, I donated it. <laughs> you don't need an umbrella. That's <laughs> frivolous. And you know that. But, <laughs> Same. <laughs> but yeah, so that's awesome. So oh, as God. far as self-care goes... What do you have to do to show up as the Audrey that you want to show up as behind the chair and then as for your team? Oh my gosh, a lot. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's the thing I'm excited to talk about because like you can't show up and like run a business and not be taking baths with lush bath bombs every night. Exactly. I don't know, that's just me. Exactly. I'm out of them, so I got to get some. <laughs> I myself am not a bath person, okay, but that's fair. Whatever. Um, yeah, so a lot of things, uh, for sure. When I'm not taking care of myself in terms of like working out, I, I have a very hard time at work, not losing my cool. Right. Um, because obviously working out, it just grounds you. It makes you feel better. It gets energy out. Right. So there's that. I, um, try and pamper myself in terms of, I always get my nails done. Right. Cause I'm always they taking care. Nice. Oh, thank you. So <laughs> nail art. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So because obviously we're always taking care of other people, right? And then also, too, I do it because I'm lazy and then I still look nice, right? Yeah. (laughs) Let's be honest. You invest on the front end. Exactly, right? I, uh, on a daily basis, when it comes time to going to work, I personally, I love mornings. And I'm not somebody who can rush into the salon and have my client like within 10 minutes. I'm embarrassingly early for work. I'm there at least an hour ahead of time so I can sit, drink coffee, ground myself, like maybe run through some emails before clients, just sit and be quiet. You know, that is, uh, again, because we're constantly interacting with people, the amount of grounding I need in terms of just silence is, it's a kind of extraordinary, but I, I, I do it. I take the time for myself now. You know, even when people are like, no, like after work, people are like, let's go out. I'm like, no, I just need to go stare at the wall, you know? Yeah. And for you, maybe having your own place is like 
really helpful in that because you get to go into a space that you kind of you created the atmosphere so for it's sure like you can have a cup of coffee in an environment where like i don't remember when i work with you you coming to work an hour early no <laughs> at all no because it was such a fast-paced environment that you didn't find it grounding probably or very yeah. zen and it's not like you had space to yourself so that's what i feel like one of the cool things about creating your own space and for me like when i I sometimes am like, I like going in and seeing a couple people on occasion because I'm like, I can care for my girl, you know, like, right? like I, my space is a girl and I feel like it's hard to like care for it and love it and like appreciate it and just like, you know, walk around, make yeah. sure. So I, I feel like that's what's really cool about creating your own space. You can turn on like, you know, whatever music mm-hmm. you want and it's just, that's one of the benefits I feel like of, yeah. of taking the risk that you took and the struggle is real, but... <laughs> It's, it's worth it, you know? Yeah. Oh, for sure. So what would you say is something that you did to set your business up to really work for you? Aside from creating an environment that like you feel like you can be most grounded in, did you, when it came to like hiring your team, when it came to how you structured it from like employment or chair rental? Cause I know that that was all stuff that you really thought about. I've learned over the past year and a half that we've been open that Picking who is going to be in my space is important. Um, (laughs) I need, I had to focus on picking people who have the same um, priorities as I do. Of course, it's my baby, so I feel like nobody's ever going to work as hard for it as I am. No one's going to have that magic eraser pen in hand like you. Exactly. Exactly. But... Uh, it's essential for me that I have people that are hard workers, that are motivated, that bring a bring a positive energy, that don't show up. Obviously, we all have our own problems, right? But that don't show up with their problems and talk about them to their clients all day. So that that's extremely important to me. And how did I learn this? By not having somebody who had that. And I was... I, the lesson I learned in terms of once I let that person go, in terms of how light I felt, that was enough to teach me that in going forwards, I'll always make sure that like I I talk to you know, I find out who somebody is enough. Like you have to before. do more recon. Thank you. Like maybe yes. hire a private eye. Yeah. Because people interview <laughs> exactly. really well or they they totally you, you, do they drink, you drink their Kool-Aid, they're drinking yours. Yeah. So it's hard to tell until it all shakes out in the wash, like who's who. And I think having a small space is like a pressure cooker for all that stuff because in a bigger salon, like someone's nooked around the corner doing whatever weird stuff they're doing and then they're out with their client and in a small space, which my studio is 600 square feet. And how big's yours? Uh, like 580. Okay, same, <laughs> same size. It's like you don't have that break room. So when you have an unruly person that says something along the lines of, when someone cancels, do you realize they're taking money out of my pocket? Can't, can't hang with that uh-uh. because it's, it's just not the environment that you sacrificed your stability to open. And, but it's like, it's just not worth it. It's like, I'm not, I'm not, I didn't put my blood, sweat, and tears into this to have someone take it down because I don't want to be a leader. You know, it's just yeah. like, I've got to put my big girl pants on. I got to handle it. So yeah, yeah that's, that's really cool that you are um, really thoughtful about that. Yeah. No, one more thing I was going to say is that, or a better way to maybe to describe it was that, or is that recently I was on vacation with a bunch of my college girlfriends and I was just like looking around at them and I'm like, every one of these women is like up to something like 
a project at work or with their family or like in their neighborhood. You know what I mean? Every one of them is like, is doing shit, you know? And I had like a real moment of like, I'm really lucky that this is my group of friends, you know, because they are all inspiring. They're all, they're all bold women. And then thinking about the space that I have in terms of the salon that I kind of took that back to then, to the salon thinking, like, that's who I want in my space. Women that are up to something, you yeah. know, that that are doing shit. Yeah. You know? There's this thought now that you can't be, like, having a hard time outside of work and have it not affect your your work life. It's just that life is just, like, ebbs and flows and that it's not so, like separate as one would think that you know you want to have people there that you actually care about what they're doing outside of work and not say like check it at the door like you do want to be like hey I think it's cool that this person's working on this project or doing that because that only brings more passion into the salon and everything so it's all the more important because it's like if you're passionate about something that's not healthy like I can't have you in my in my space so it says a lot about the company you keep less about like but gratitude's key, so I love that you're yeah. like, I'm really lucky. But it also says a lot about you that your tolerance level for that is probably continues to go down as you yes, work for in sure. your space. Yeah, and I think that that goes along too, hand in hand with like part of the reason I wanted the space, obviously for me was like, so I could have choice and a say in my own life. But I know that, again, like you'd said with my mom, she's an entrepreneur and so I'm lucky enough to have that support, but like when I, and I know not everybody has that. So honestly, opening the space, I want to be able to help other stylists own their own business. Right. So when I did start or when anybody new comes in, like, you know, I have a bookkeeper that they all can meet with and they all, and I, I provide, I pay her for that time with them. And like, so she's lets them know like, okay, you have to set it up an LLC. You have to get an EIN number. And she sits with them while they do all that. Um, cause it's important. Cause I feel like a lot of times when stylists, we start this career, we, again, if you're in a more, if you're in a commission salon, you don't have to think about any of that stuff, right? Like they take that all off the table for you, which in some ways is very nice. Right. But then again, too, if you, if you want to quote unquote, own your own business, like you have no idea what to do because everybody's always done that for yeah, you. Yeah, and hair right? school never teaches no. you that, which I feel which like is, if I ever open like a Lynn May hair school, right? which sounds like it could be <laughs> tough, but I think about how yeah. I want to have a whole portion on psychology and, and relating to people and being healthy with your boundaries because there were so many years of doing this where like I got most of my self-worth from my clients needs being met and it was in lieu of having my own, own needs met yes. and I know we talked before the podcast about what do you feel like you like have given up in order to have this career because like for th- 12 years you've been focused on growing and cultivating a clientele which is really labor intensive but not just physically, it's so emotionally intense that I don't think that it gets necessarily talked about. And like I was on this retreat recently and I was there with a 30 year veteran hairstylist and she just retired, which I thought was really cool. But I also thought it was really interesting that she said, we have a really fun job, but it's a really hard job. And so I would love to hear about like what you feel like you've had to say no to or what you've said no to without even realizing it by, by showing up every day the way that you do at work. Um, that's a great, that's a great question. And I totally agree with that woman that, yeah, we have a great job, but it's a hard job. And if, 
but it's not seemingly hard from the outside. So that's what's hard. You just cut about hair, it. right? Right, exactly. Right. You help someone through a divorce. You help someone through an adoption. You help someone yeah. get ready for a funeral. Going to rehab. A, yeah. Through. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. Everything. So, what I the I didn't realize relationships in terms of like a partner is uh is some is an area in which I really struggle. I uh I'm 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 like staunchly independent, but that doesn't mean like I don't want to share thing like my life with somebody, but I when I get home from work, I don't want to talk to anybody because I just spent 8 9 hours relating and taking care of and listening and coaching and um and asking, how was your day? Or what are you up to? How was your vacation? Did you go see that movie? Did you not see the... Did you read the book? Did you... Eight to ten times. Eight. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right? So when I get home from work, the last thing I want to do is ask my partner how their day was. You know? So I'm like getting emotional. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> I get it. Like I am in a relationship and those same things have shown up and I get emotional about it too because yeah. I didn't... I haven't invested in in my relationship, like I have my career. So it, it's definitely something that like you hit, like your emotions hit the hit nail on the head for me too. Yeah. So like my last, my last relationship, he's like, you're always in your phone. And I'm like, you're right. I am. And it's not just because I'm like down some rabbit hole Googling. I'm like, I'm replying to clients. Like clients text me at like 10 o'clock at night sometimes, which that's a boundary I need to look at. I just sent an out of office for the first time in five years of having my own business. And I was like, no one died. So yeah. the, the thing that I've started doing for my business is like acknowledging that like at the end of my life, and I want to like try and remember to live this way more, but at the end of my life, I'm not going to be like, oh, thank God no one had roots. Right. And like, I will rest in my grave comfortably. Like I need to be striving for more than that. Yeah, and yeah. there are years of my life that that is one of the only things that I can say. Right. And that, that, that I, I really succeeded at. And so like, that's something like I want to like maybe let down a few more people so that I can show up for myself more. Yes. And that for me has been like working eight hours instead of 10 and like, acknowledging like, okay, maybe this year you're not going to hit your, your sales aren't going to continue to just explode up, but there's a trade-off. Like, do you want to have a life? Because I know that for me, I do, but it's still like an inner struggle and being off my phone for a week at a yoga retreat and coming back and having that weekly report come through and tell me I was up 175% on my (laughs) phone use was was felt aggressive. Yeah. So yeah. I can definitely yeah. appreciate what you're saying. Definitely. Like a dream life in five years. What would what would like Audrey's dream life look like? Behind um, the chair, if you'd even be behind the chair. I don't know. Right. I mean Um the there's a few things that that are very that are very important that are part of the dream. And they are not working in February, getting out of Chicago winter, right? Because until we got sun about a week ago, like 
it was bad. It was really bad, right? Yeah, I've worked with people that have like those light lamps. I have one. Oh my God, I have one. I love it. I drink my coffee and I get ready in the morning in front of it. And like the excitement for the day doesn't last when I leave the house and it's like gloom and doom out there. But at least when I'm in front of that lamp in the morning, I'm like, all right, things are going to be okay, right? So ideally, I would love to be able to take February off. Where would you go? Or have you not gone that far? I haven't gone that far, but... Obviously, somewhere a little warmer. Someplace, the most important thing to me is sunlight. Feeling sun on your skin in the middle of February is just not something we have here, you know? Um, That, doing that, and then ideally, I would love to only work 25 hours behind the chair a week. So, but obviously, be fully booked during those 25 hours. Yeah. And and because I feel that... Obviously, you know, like running a salon, there are so many other things that need to be done, right? And well, that you could do better at or that you have dreams yes. or aspirations for taking something to the next level. But when it comes to the amount of energy and time yes. you have, you're like, right now... You can't balance it. I'm going to just use those craft bags and exactly. put a stamp on them. Exactly. And someone will be like, I have an idea for you. Why oh don't... God. I have an idea. What if you got rhinestones and you put the bevy and rhinestones on each bag? Oh my God. Listen, lady, I don't need ideas. I've got plenty of ideas. It's the execution. Have you thought about doing blah, blah, blah? No, I've never fucking thought about that. Of course I've thought about that, right? Right. Like, Like, I tell people that maybe I don't have time to do that. I tell people now, I'm like, I'm not at a loss for ideas. Ideas are coming out of my ass. That's so good. Yeah, I'm not at a loss for ideas. I like that a lot. But when it comes to executing and and the execution, like, I care about how that's done. And so on a scale of one to ten, putting rhinestones on a paper bag you're going to throw away anyways, pretty low. Pretty, 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 pretty fucking low. But, but yeah, so being somewhere warm, being able to work 25 hours behind the chair, and then being able to like put more, pour more love and energy into the other parts yes. of the business and yep. the team maybe. And yes. being able to like, I know that when we would do coachings in a traditional salon, it's so hard. And I think it's even hard in a small setting because or like showing up for people because you're like, well, it's a small space. And then also you're with clients. So you're like, okay, I'm going to be with you in five minutes. And then we're going to go in that corner there. And like, yes. how's everything going for you? And it just, there isn't really space. And it's hard to transition from a client to being a, being a leader to back to a being with your clients. And so yes. that's cool. Yeah. And then is there anything else? Not that I could think of. Those are, those are cool goals. I know, right? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, in 25 hours. <laughs> right? like, would you want to do that in like three days or four <gasps> days? Or I saw someone's schedule that I follow on Instagram, and she had a baby. So her schedule is like 12 to 3, four days a week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And I thought, this gal gets it. Yeah. <laughs> she- She's got to figure it out, right? Because you know she's doing other stuff. And yeah. I know that she's coming out with like her own extension line. Or do you think about the creative energy that you would free up yes. by working the 25 hours? Yeah, it, it would be incredible. And yeah, I, and I think it would. I would want it to look like, you know, another day off or, you know, like so... Actually, no, now that you mentioned that girl, 12 to 3, that sounds perfect. And I also thought there's probably a lot. I always say, like, don't copy someone without knowing their why. So, like, when I stopped taking new clients for a while because I didn't want to raise my prices and I didn't want to, like, have the stress and I didn't really have boundaries, so something had to give. So I stopped taking new clients. And then I noticed, like, a couple people in the area were like, I'm not taking new clients. I'm like, fuck, I hope you're not copying me because I'm not doing it to, <laughs> For, yeah, to look like I'm not doing it because I want people to be like, you know, she's not, I don't know if she's, I wasn't doing it for the cachet. I was doing it because I was like, 
I just, one plus one equals two and there's 17 of you and there's six spots for me. I just, I didn't want to always feel like I'm getting backed into a corner. So that's why I did it. But I think that when I thought about her doing the 12 to three, I thought maybe she's doing that. So she's in her salon. She's with the people. She's showing up for them. Yeah. And she's there to answer questions and part of the culture. Cause like you are your, like, I feel like they say the culture starts with the top. Exactly. Okay. So yeah, I just had a new woman start recently and I've purposely like booked out more time for my haircuts. Even if I know it's only going to take me 45 minutes or an hour, like I book out like an hour and 15 or something like that. So I'm there so I can help her clients with products because she doesn't know the product line yet. Right. Or I can check her clients out if she wants me to help, you know, like all that sort of stuff. So I love being able to take care of, like you said, like the culture and the atmosphere and making sure it is the experience that I want it to be for everybody. Yeah. Cause Risa, my partner before she would always say like, you're, you're hosting a party yes. and I actually love connecting people. So as you're saying that, I'm like, that excites me too. If I could do that someday, because I love the idea of being like, okay, cool. So like get people going and then just be like, and yeah. I'm out. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, okay, cool. You had a question about that? Cool. Let's talk about it. And then perfect. Okay. Take it away, Sarah. Exactly. Take it away. You know, like, right. and like just like being kind of like a special feature, not mm-hmm. so much of like the producer, the everything, the, so that's cool. And like, yeah. I think it's like releasing control, which I feel like is hard, but necessary because what got you good isn't going to get you to the next level. Yes. So that's really cool. And then as far as your salon superpower, because we all have one, and mine is a master multitasker. I thought I was going to say manipulator, but <laughs> master multitasker. I can do a lot of shit in a very short amount of time <laughs> while talking to three people. And you are all getting my attention. So uh, what would you say yours is? Let's see, I'd say our uh, superpower is uh, acceptance. I have created an environment, or we, I should say, because it's not just me. It's the stylists that are there, colorist stylists that are there also, of um, that's extremely welcoming. And we wanted it to feel like you're getting your hair cut just like in your family room. You know, like it's relaxed. There's no pretension. Um, it's high-end services without the pretension. So um, Whoever you are, whatever you are, we want you to feel welcomed and accepted where, you know, at our place. And so do you feel like that starts with your team? Like you're that you're supportive and accepting of them and then it just branches out from there. And then the people that it's for, they're drawn to it. Yes. And people that it's not, um, they don't like that they can't get someone on the phone every time they call. So Mm -hmm. that's already just like filtering out a whole subset of people that are like, what do you mean you're not going to, oh, you know, be outside at the valet? It's like, well, because you're going to park your own car. Right. So that yeah. just kind of allows you to just kind of, it's almost like you're you're kind of doing a pre-screening of people with, with yes. like a smaller just, salon. Yep. And having, yeah, because we, we are pretty, we are very welcoming, but we're pretty laid back, you know? Right. So, and that's not for everyone, no. but it's the kind of place I want to go to. Yeah. Like our clients, when they're in the chairs, are talking to each other. It's awesome. That's so cool. So I always say what make like about businesses when I'm talking to people behind the chair, I say, I don't know what makes it awesome is kind of what makes it suck. (laughs) So um, I want to end with that. (laughs) And uh, what would you say is awesome about your business, but also kind of makes it suck? Um. I think for me, I'm going to give you a little time because I kind of threw this one on you. For me, what makes it awesome is that I get to decide 
but that also is what makes it suck because like if I don't want to accept cash anymore, which is you got an email coming in your way soon, people. <laughs> but if like, so, for instance, like three people hand me crumpled up cash, I don't want to accept cash anymore because it's. 0.3% of my business. You can still do gratuity in cash, but for me, like what makes it awesome is I can decide like I'm not going to accept cash for transactions anymore right. for services. But that also makes it suck because I'm also the one who has to execute it yeah. and do it and own it. And totally. so that's why I like to say what makes it awesome is what makes it suck. That's an original right. Lindsay quote. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Maybe I should even just go with like uh choice, right? Like is is what's absolutely amazing, but now the shitty part is I have to make all the choices. Right. So it comes with responsibility. Yeah, totally. Like every once like I again, like so independent. I did this on my own because I wanted to, right? I wanted to prove that to myself and to whoever that like I can do this. But then every now and again when the shit hits the fan, I'm like, fuck, why did I do this by myself? You yeah. know, because I don't have, you know, I, don't and have I will anybody. say that having done it with a partner the first time for four years, definitely Probably like when I kind of get some of the emails from you of like, hey, who do you use for this? <laughs> I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like when I opened this with Risa the first time, it was like, oh, God, you got a friend of a friend of a friend who will do yeah. our logo for free. OK, cool. We'll send her a bottle of shampoo. I right. got a friend of a friend of a friend who is uh, she can do right. the website. And so I feel like that like definitely lessened the blow of the scariness on the front end. But I think that it's awesome that you did it alone. But oh, I definitely you. think that it was a necessary part of my journey for to do it with a partner initially because it was it was still scary but it's like you had a wingman to be like yeah oh my gosh like what are we going to do about this or you know just someone to like almost give you that i feel like i always someone that sometimes second guesses my own strength and my own power and i'm always looking to someone else to be like she saved the day right. when really like she is me you know, right? like, but having a partner definitely gave me the confidence to, to do things that I otherwise think that I would have been more gun shy. Yeah. But I don't know that I would be doing this podcast had I not gone off on my own and realized like, Lindsay, like even when I went to do this, I told my sister like, oh, I want to start a podcast. I think I'll do it with a friend. And my sister's like, Lindsay, are you really going to do this right. again? Like how many times she's like, how many times do you have it's to like dream? Do it for re- you. Yeah. yeah. And like, we have to like give ourselves like the uh, permission to just be big and take up space and not play small. Uh-huh. Because I know that I'm quick. I even talked to a medium recently said the same thing. It's like, you give everyone else credit. Yes. And so I give you a lot of credit, well, Audrey, for you. opening it on your own and for being my first interview. Thank you. And I hope you guys will all tune in because I love hearing from other like-minded small businesses and feel we'll have Audrey's information in the show notes and follow her on Instagram. And in five years, make sure she's working 25 hours. <laughs> and living her dream. So thank you very much. Thank you so much. All right.